you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is all revved up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, John. Hello, Todd. Nice it's to hear good. your voice. Yeah, it's good to talk to you, too. It's been a little while, but uh, gosh, we've got so many things to talk about. Uh, a little toasty today, I understand. Yes. Uh, both here and in Palm Springs. So I'm in Los Angeles and you're in Palm Springs. Uh, let's see. Well, where do we start? There's so many things. We're going to do bring a trailer an hour or two, I think. And we've got a lot of things to talk about there. And, you know, there's amazing car auctions and prices that are being paid by people these days for I guess they're sitting at home and just spending money. So it's good to know some people have disposable income like this. I guess so. They can yes. spend it with me. <laughs> yeah, they can share it with me too. There's so many that I want, but I have no place to put them anyway. Not, 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 not to mention that I can't afford them. So, well, you just do another website and call it "Bring a Garage." Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, you know, people do have private garages for their their car collections. Oh, yes. Know. I've seen Mr. Leno's. Yeah, yes. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld and many others have their private garages for all their various um, toys, I guess is what we call them. Yeah. All right. So let's start with some interesting news. There's, you know, I have a raft of it, but let's go over some of the fun things. Uh, Volvo has decided they're making a, a significant, even if it's small, they consider it a significant design change to its entire fleet. Starting with a 2021 model year, Volvo is disguising its tailpipes in preparation for an EV future. Uh, Volvo believes that it's an important step to a time when tailpipes are just considered signs of dirty, polluting internal combustion engine cars. Uh, some cars like the Audi Q5 use fake uh, exhaust spoilers when you really that you can't really even see the the uh, the exhaust tips anywhere. They're basically fake. Uh, and there's many others that are you know starting to uh, disguise them. But uh, a lot of times tailpipes, you know, in the in the old days, the bigger the tailpipe and the more you had, like if there were dual exhaust or quad exhaust, it was a sign that your car was the big, you know, had the big engine and the, it was you know, the fast model. And now that's being supplanted by electric cars that are faster and cleaner. So Volvo is getting us ready for that. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, we got to clean this place up. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and I think that people, once they start uh, driving electric cars and understanding how they work, will actually uh, adopt them quicker and quicker as time goes on. Uh, Nissan has set September 15th as the reveal date for its all new 400Z. So they're finally revamping the 370Z that they've had for, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years and hasn't really been updated. So now they're updating it finally. And we know that it will get a twin turbo three liter V6 engine that makes at least 400 horsepower. But that's about all we have right now. And some, you know, they give us little teaser angles and teaser shots that really don't show much. But, you know, we know it'll be a two seater coupe and uh, that uh, everyone thinks it's also going to have a manual transmission available. So we'll see if that happens. Um, the LA Auto Show has been moved to May 2021. Uh, this positions it just ahead of the Detroit Show, which is going to be in June 
of 2021. Everybody's delaying theirs or postponing, and uh, this is uh, the first time that uh, LA's done it, and obviously uh, the one in Detroit was supposed to happen this year in June, and it did not happen, obviously, for, for you know the pandemic reasons. So now the LA Auto Show is being moved up. It'll be interesting to see just how important it used to be the Detroit show, which was called the North American International Auto Show, uh, how important it's going to be uh, anymore when most of the cars are sold in Los Angeles and the, many of them are designed here as well. Uh, the LA Auto Show was always a big show uh, and always attracted a lot of people and it was getting more and more of you know first reveals of various models and so now it's going to be basically in direct competition with the detroit show it used to be two or three months before it now it's really just one month before it so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that a company called lucid has been showing off its new its first electric sedan they've been making this car for quite a while it's been maybe several years lucid corporation they're uh, based in arizona they have that's where their factory is but they did the design for the car here in los angeles and it's called the air the lucid air now they have uh, it was being the, the the engineers on it are the people who did the original tesla model s so i think that they have an idea of what they're doing uh, they say they have miniaturized all the the, port, the parts in the car that will give it, you know, in boosted interior space. Uh, the top of the line model will have a dual motor drive, so a motor in front and motor in back, and it will have 1,080 horsepower. So it should be very fast. They consider it to be. Uh, can do the quarter mile in 9.9 seconds, which is uh, basically hypercar territory, and it beats the Tesla Model S as well as the uh, Porsche Taycan Turbo, both of them in their top modes, uh, their fastest modes. Both of those cars run in the 10-second range, you know, mid-10-second range, but uh, uh, the Lucid will beat all of them. Uh, the battery pack is 113 kilowatt hours, uh, which is... Uh, just a little bit more than the Tesla, which is 100 uh, kilowatt hours. But they have already said that they think they're going to have an EPA range of 517 miles. And they've done real-world tests that show that they can get it. So that is going to be very impressive. But it also has an electrical system running at over 900 volts, which is very high, which means it can be very – it can discharge the battery very quickly. Currently, the highest uh, – highest voltage electric car on, on the on the on the road right now is the Porsche Taycan at 800 volts so this beats it by quite a bit um, and then on the high speed charging electrify America which is the one being built up by Volkswagen uh, they will be using that system that that uh, um, that uh, charging system for the cars they say they can recuperate 300 miles of range in 20 minutes which is also very very fast uh, the Lucid Air will make its production trim debut September 9th, which is just a few days from today, uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, it'll be produced at the new factory in Arizona, and it will be available for sale in spring of 2021. They don't say how much, but it will be in the mid-100s, is what I understand. So they're going one step above the Tesla. is going to be an ultra-luxurious sedan. And you're going to sign right up for that, aren't you, John? You know it. You'll be the first thing. Uh, it, it's really quite impressive, and we'll see you know, the actual how it will look, but uh, it's, it's quite an impressive uh, automobile. Uh, let's see. 
uh, Ferrari has ended production of its GT4 uh, C Lusso, which is formerly called the Ferrari FF, which was named Ferrari 44 because it had four, you know, basically four seats and it was all-wheel drive. Uh, now they're getting rid, they're getting rid of it because they're getting ready to produce their first, you know, drum roll SUV. Uh, <clears throat> so the um, the SUV is going to be named the Pure Song. I don't know how to pronounce it quite right. It means uh, thoroughbred in Italian. Uh, and um, it will be introduced in 2022. The, the Aston, Aston Martin just debuted the, its DBX, which, it, which is its first, uh, you know, uh, crossover or SUV. Lamborghini has the Urus, Maserati, the Levant. Uh, Porsche has the Cayenne, the Cayenne Coupe, and the Macan. And Bentley, of course, has the Bentega. And Rolls-Royce has the ultra-hideous Cullinan. However, in all of those cases, those cars doubled the sales of the brand. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, uh, half half the Lamborghinis sold are the SUV now. Wow. So I think I think that uh, Ferrari, you know, they they can't walk away from the money, I think. Yeah. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. They can't can't walk away from it. So, yeah. Uh, So they're going to do it and it's going to be 2022. But uh, apparently everybody knows it's coming. And so there it is. And they actually stopped production this early of their, you know, former four seater, which basically didn't really seat four. It sat two in front and two very small people on the rear. Uh, there's another uh, stupid recall. Uh, Fiat Chrysler is recalling uh, 186,000 Ram pickup trucks uh, because the floor mat can interfere with the gas pedal. So they want you to actually take it to the dealer so the dealer can pull the floor mat back. Huh? <laughs> yeah. It's what do you mean? I, I, you know, the, it can, it, you know, floor mats move, right? right. I and mean, you've been in any car, floor mats move. And I guess somebody complained that, that it got stuck and they couldn't, and they couldn't stop, you know, they couldn't, uh, you know, stop it from accelerating. Um, any modern car, though, is because of all these issues that people have supposedly had in the past with, with, you know, runaway acceleration, almost every car today, including the Ram pickup truck, once you put, once you press the brake, you can't, you know, it will disengage the, the fuel. So, it, it, you know, they were able to stop their truck, merciful God, uh, with the brake pedal. But uh, now they have to check to make sure that your, your floor mat is properly installed. They're going to recall it for that. <laughs> that is amazing. It really is. So they're really going to do that. So they're going to recall it for that. Uh, I, I, I think I could probably do it myself. I think I could probably check to make sure that my floor mat is not in the way of the accelerator pedal. Although I have to uh, say that on a passenger side in um, vehicles that we have, I am so sick and tired of those things moving and getting all uh, folded over and then they stay that way. And uh, I tell you, floor mats can be a pain in the uh, arse. They, yeah, you're right. But they should be, they, there should be a way to, to, to either snap them in or clip them on, uh, you know, right. so that they don't have that problem. Well, they have those Ma- little hooks on a lot of them that are supposed to hold mm-hmm. them in place, but they never do that. I mean... Frankly, I'd be happier. It may look tacky, but I'd be happier if they just had Velcro at the top, center, and bottom to go against something to hold it there so you can also take it out and clean, you know, clean the car when you need to. Right. 
I, I agree. I, it would be, it just, it makes sense that this would be something that would be easily fixed. You know what I mean? I mean there, you wonder there, if this people really, really think be... about it that much at the manufacturing, you know, level in, in these companies. And for as much effort as goes into, you know, every inch of a vehicle and its design, you would think that they would think, well, what are the most basic, simple things that we can do to make car care, you know, and the maintenance of the vehicle as easy as possible for the owner? You'd think. I mean, th- this seems like a simple engineering fix. This, this does not seem like a complicated thing. But, you know, we've had this problem with the, the other cars. The Toyota had this thing supposedly a few years ago with the, you know, the dreaded floor mat, uh, you know, jamming up against the pedal. And they had to recall all of them and, you know, put uh, they put these things called, uh, what is it called, brake throttle, throttle override in cars that didn't have it. But I think almost every new car has what they call a brake throttle override. Um, even electric cars have the same thing. I mean, you know, uh, Tesla's gone through this of people saying, oh, you know, the car just accelerated itself. I was pressing the brake and nothing happened. And Tesla has telemetry and all these things. And they can say, you weren't pressing the brake. They knew you weren't. Right. There's, there's a throttle override and you weren't pressing the brake. So people need to be a little more responsible as well. But I think they should be able to fix the floor mats. Indeed. Uh, well, when we come back, we're going to talk about the JD uh, Power 2020 Initial Quality Study. That should be interesting. CEO Jones Agency. At Jones Agency, we are virtually unstoppable. 24 7, 365. As a leading creative shop in the Inland Empire, it's our role to continue providing the best thinking and strategic leadership, especially during these challenging times. As we all learn to create and adapt to our new normal, at Jones, we're one step ahead providing fully integrated marketing services to you the moment you need them at a cost you can afford. And that's our promise. We are here to help your businesses weather the storm, refocus your dreams, and maybe even eliminate some of the barriers. Call us today for a free assessment, 760-325-1437, extension 206. 760-325-1437, extension 206. Hashtag Stronger Together. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hello, sir. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the J.D. Power 2020 U.S. Initial Quality Study. This is uh, one that comes out every year, and it's you know considered very influential. And you know all the manufacturers are you know trying to be at the top of the list. Sounds like a and plan to me. It is, and uh, says that basically what this is measuring that uh, the score is that uh, n- per 100 vehicles, how many problems are there, and the number one. Uh, car company 
has 1.36 problems per vehicle. So that means, you know, on average, only 1.36 problems. And you'll never guess who it is. Uh, Volkswagen. Dodge. Dodge. (laughs) Dodge, yes. That was my second guess. Yes. I think one of the reasons that Dodge is is at the top is because they've been making the same car for so long that, that they've probably ironed out all the problems that they have between the Charger and the Challenger. They've been making them for, you know, a very, very long time, and they haven't changed that much. So... Uh, I think they're right up there. Uh, but they did get tied by a foreign brand, Kia. Kia was at 1.36 as well. So they did very, very well. That's a, uh, from South Korea. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and then you know, there's more shockers on the list. The third is Chevrolet. These are, one wait, point- wait a minute. So these are the number of problems or the, the least number of problems? Well, it's basically the least number. What they're saying is that okay. this is a, the number of problems per 100 vehicles. And so, like, the, the Dodge had 136. I'm that sorry. Was I got score. this backwards. I never would have said Volkswagen. And I probably wouldn't have you said wouldn't. Dodge either, but I guess that's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I mean, number, at the other, who's at the other end of the sure. list? Uh, when did they do this list? No, who's at the other end of it, meaning... Oh, well, who, who's full of crap? we'll get there. <laughs> Chevrolet was number three. Wow. And Ram Ram Truck was number four. Believe it or not, Mitsubishi, which almost nobody buys anymore, was at number, what was that, number five, number six, followed by Buick, GMC, Volkswagen, Hyundai, Jeep, Lexus, Nissan, and Cadillac. Now, the industry average is 1.66. So Cadillac was at 1.62. And Infinity was just below that at 1.73, Ford at 1.74, Mini at 1.74, BMW at 1.76, Honda at 177, Toyota at 177, Lincoln at 182, Acura at 184, Porsche at 186. They used to be at the top. Uh, Saturn at 187. Uh, I mean, it's not Saturn. Subaru. Uh, Chrysler at 189. And you Jaguar mean 1.89, at 190, right? Uh, Mercedes-Benz at 202. Volvo at 210. So that was, you know, average of 2.1 uh, problems per car. Audi at 2.25. And then Land Rover at 2.28. And who was at the very bottom? Nissan. Tesla. Tesla. Tesla at 2.5. Wow, I'm so they, surprised. They had an average of 2.5 problems per car. So they were at the very bottom of the list. It seems to me like these numbers are pretty cooked anyway, Todd, because and I don't mean to be negative Nelly here, but it seems to me that most cars have a lot more than two problems driving <laughs> off the lot. I mean, really. Uh, you, you're, I think you're right, but I, I mean, my Tesla has zero problems, but it's still at the bottom of the list. Yeah. So you know, I think it's a you know it's a hit and you know hit and miss on these kinds of things. So I don't know. I, I know people have had just you know constant problems that their car is always in the shop. So I you know I guess this is just the average. This is just it feels taken to me from, like you know who would a, be at the bottom of that list would be um, Jeep because it it seems to me that every one of my friends who has purchased a Jeep that they're constantly in the shop. And yet Jeep is at 1.55. Yeah. So they had one and a half 
you know, basically problems per vehicle. Who ran this survey? Trump? J- J.D. Power. Oh, okay. It's it's basically done, it's it's done, I think they just do it with statistics that they pull out of, you know, repair, you know, the, the you know, whatever the dealer's report is repairing things. Right. I don't, I don't know if it actually comes from customers, but just, just to, to, um, to go on with that, um, the Tesla Model 3 was voted the number one most satisfying car uh, for every single age group from Consumer Reports. So every, you know, Generation X, Millennials, Baby Boomers, and what they call the Silent Generation, all were surveyed. And the Tesla Model 3 was the number one vehicle in every single category. Hmm. <laughs> and then J.D. Power also has the top car for appeal. Tesla was number one. I would, that does not surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Venture. It's Todd Bianco talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. The, uh, the idiot who talks over the break because he hasn't learned yet to turn his own microphone off uh, during the news. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I will figure that out. I just couldn't hear you. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we couldn't we'll hear the music either okay. because I didn't have uh, the music on. <laughs> be, uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, the J.D. Power initial initial quality study for 2020 and i read that the you know dodge was at the top and uh, uh dodge and kia had tied and that uh tesla was at the very bottom but tesla was still the most liked car in their other surveys so uh, little differences there but now let's break it down into some of the uh the segments that they looked at because you know th- these are car- things that people actually want to know by segment because they don't care about they may not care about a sedan but they want to know about a crossover in each segment so what i found was a stunning was that the hot, the car the, this is just the one model of car that had the highest initial quality was the Chevrolet Sonic. I don't even know what a Chevrolet Sonic is. Tell me about it. It's a it's a tiny little hatchback thingy that I think they can't they 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 no longer make. <laughs> They've been making it for for a very long time but it didn't sell very well. It was mostly selling to rental fleets. Well, you have to and, tell people it exists. Right. And you know, when I saw that at the top of the list, I thought, "Mike, th- by the way, it is really a cheap car i mean it, it the, the plastics are horrendous uh it looks cheap it you know it it doesn't drive well there's a lot of bad things about it but apparently it didn't have many problems with it okay i guess that's good but you know i guess it's good for the rental companies <laughs> okay so let's go to a few of the segments the small car segment uh, which maybe is your entry-level car for a lot of people, would be, uh, this is the number one, of course, there is the Chevy Sonic, God help us. Uh, then the, the Hyundai Accent, much better car, and yeah. the Kia Rio. So the, uh, the the South Koreans took the number two and three spot there, um, which is, I would far more prefer one of those cars to the Chevy Sonic. Uh, the smaller premium car, which I guess is you know uh, more of a luxury brand, uh, the highest rank was the Audi A3, uh, followed by the Acura ILX, which is basically a gussied up Honda Civic, and the BMW 2 Series. And those two tied. The two, number two and number three were tied at the same level. 
compact car uh, is the Kia Forte is the number one, followed by its sister car, the Hyundai Elantra, followed by the Volkswagen Jetta. So VW is on there somewhere, right? Yeah. Compact sporty car, which there aren't that many of, but the Hyundai Veloster was the number one, but it tied with Mini Cooper. There just aren't that many of them, so the segment's pretty small. Wait a minute, what was that car called again? I never even heard of that one. The Veloster? Uh, the Veloster. I, I, I get because of the velocity thing, but how they come up with some of these names sometimes, and I know you've talked about that on the show. Yeah, they, but they have companies that come up with these things that, that you know, they, 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 they do all sorts of workshops and come up with this and charge them hundreds of thousands of dollars, <laughs> and that's what they get. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but the Mini so Cooper, a, that, 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 a that's two-door? a legacy name. Mini Cooper was the, you know, Mini was originally because it was small, because right. it was a miniature car. And Cooper was John Cooper, who was the one that sort of made um, sporty, you know, made them into sporty cars. I'm, so that's a, real, that's a real human being. I was blown away the first time I rode in a Mini Cooper at how spacious it was for how small it is. Right, it is very spacious. It's very, very well packaged, basically. Yeah, you know that they have a, you know, everything is very compact, but it doesn't seem it's not that small in, in, inside the car. As a big uh, guy, it made me feel great that there was a really tiny car that was comfortable <laughs> for me to be in. Was it one of the newer ones made by BMW or one of the original ones? Uh, I think that this was one of the newer ones once BMW mm. had their hands on it. Right. BMW makes seats that people fit in, that all sizes fit in. That's one of the things that Germans do well. There are a lot of fat people in Germany? I don't remember seeing a lot of people my size. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, it could be that they just want bigger cars. Sure. And that would be be something that Americans want in general. Uh, The compact premium car is the Hyundai, I mean, is the Genesis uh, G70, followed by the Lexus IS and the Mercedes C-Class. And the Lexus and Mercedes tied for number two and three together. Uh, but the top rated was the Genesis, which is also uh, made by the Hyundai Kia Group, uh, the G70. Uh, the midsize car, uh, the Chevy Malibu is number one, followed by the Forge Fusion, followed by the Kia Optima. Uh, boy, the South Koreans are doing well on this list. Uh, then mid-size sporty, there was only one in this in this category. The uh, the Ford Mustang won that category. Uh, mid-size premium car, Cadillac CT5, uh, which is their middle-size sedan that nobody knows what it's really called. Uh, they you know you can't even recognize whether it's a CTS or CT5. By the way, the the numbers, I mean you know the the, the actual uh, fonts are in the back of it. Uh, and I don't think anybody buys them. I don't. I very rarely see them. Uh, followed by the Lincoln MKZ, which has also been discontinued, and then the Kia Stinger, which is a really great little car. It's not little; it's midsize, four-door hatchback, lots of fun to drive. Uh, rear drive, as a matter of fact, when you can get it with all-wheel drive. Uh, then the uh, upper midsize. I guess that's another category. Up, upper midsize premium car. Uh, the highest ranked was the Cadillac CT6 which was discontinued, uh, followed by the Genesis G80, which is the midsize uh, Genesis model. There's a G90, which is their full size, and this is the G80, which is the midsize. Uh, Then large cars, uh, which I'm not sure is why, I don't know, the Nissan Maxima, is that large? I guess. Yeah, that's uh, 
The Maxima, I think, is their is their largest sedan. I think so. It's just I just don't think of it as being huge. And then the Dodge Charger, which of course I had one of those, and I think it's bigger than the Maxima. But those are the two large cars. That I they think have. they're and about the same size, actually. The Charger the, no. and the Maxima. It, the mm. Maxima used to be a smaller uh, car, but now it's it's almost like. Uh, what were those ugly Ford cars that they bought for police cars a lot? It reminds me now almost about that same size. Crown Vickies, the Crown Victorias? Uh, yeah, there was another one, the Sable or something. The Mercury Sable was the, oh, the Mercury well, side the, the of Ford it. Taurus. Ford Taurus. Ford Taurus. Yeah, it's about the size Mercury of that. Sable. Well, those were the same, you know, same yeah. cars as well, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'd have to put the Maxima next to the tar- Charger to really see if they look the same size, but... Uh, maybe they are. Uh, but I was actually surprised to see one recently, and that's the only reason I bring that up, because I remember when a friend had one, and it was a much more compact vehicle, but not so much anymore. Yeah, it, but it, they don't sell that well. The Maxima does not sell very many. No. Well, it's uh, an expensive yeah. sedan. Yeah, and the Charger sells a lot more. So, A uh, large premium car is the BMW 8 Series. Okay. Uh, which is very nice and very expensive, over $100,000 easily, uh, followed by the BMW 7 Series, which is also very expensive, followed by the Porsche Panamera. Uh, all of those can be in four-door. If you get the 8 Series BMW, it's called the 8 Series Grand Coupe, and that's the one that has four doors. Now, if we move on to SUVs, uh, the small SUV, the, to- uh, the top rank is the Kia Soul, which I do see a lot of. I see a lot of Kia Souls out there. Yeah. Um, followed by the Toyota CHR, uh, and then there's the Buick Encore, tied with the Toyota. I mean, tied with the Chevrolet Trax, which are essentially the same cars, just with a different. Is trim this on not it. the same category as the Rav from Toyota? Uh, Rav is bigger. Oh, okay. Rav would be it would be compact, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, because uh, those seem really popular. Mitsubishi Outlander Sport, which I don't see many of either. Yeah, not many. No, and then the small SUV category is the Jaguar E-Pace, uh, which is, I guess, their smallest SUV that they have right now. Uh, I do see some of those, but not that many. I see some. Followed by the Lexus UX, which is a slightly bigger version of the Toyota CHR, and then the BMW X2. And I do see a lot of the X2s. Oh, yeah. So th- th- there's a lot of those out there. What do those run? Uh, is that like 60, 70 grand for one of those things? No, no, no. An X2 is probably in the mid 40s. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, well, I mean, it's expensive, but it's not that bad. I mean, yeah, for that know. size of vehicle, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of pricey, but still. Yeah. But they're nice. Yeah. They look nice. Yeah, and I think they lease for a good price. That's why people have them. They yeah. like the looks of them. Uh, compact SUV, the number one is the Hyundai Tucson, followed by its sister, the Kia Sportage followed by the Chevrolet Equinox. So Chevy's on there again. A compact premium SUV. Uh, the highest rank is the, t- is the Cadillac, C- Cadillac, I can't get it right, the Cadillac XT4. And I see some of those, but the BMW X4, which is the sort of coupe version of the BMW X3, mm-hmm. you know, the one with the sloping back, yeah. and then the Lexus NX. Uh, those are the uh, top three in compact premium. Midsize SUV, the Nissan Murano is number one, followed by the Chevrolet Blazer, which I don't see that many of them, and then followed by the Hyundai Santa Fe. 
I see quite a few of those. Uh, mid-size premium, uh, the Lexus GX. Now, the Lexus GX is the Lexus version of the Toyota 4Runner. So there you go. I don't see very many GXs. I see the LX everywhere, but I don't see the GX very often. Hmm, yeah. uh, followed by the Lincoln Nautilus, which that used to be the MKC, and or the no, that's it used to be the MK. You know, what did they used to have it? They had a different name before, but they renamed it Nautilus. Um, and then the uh, Lexus RX. Those are at the top of the midsize premium. Uh, upper midsize SUV, uh, the Kia Sorento, uh, the Dodge Durango, followed by the Toyota Highlander. And I think the reason they call those upper midsize is because each one of those has an available third row. May not uh, be much room, but there's an available third row. It's kind of like that thing Subaru made, that B9 Tribeca. You know, Ugh. that third row, yeah, yeah, you could put some mice back there. Yeah, not much. Uh, large SUV, there's the Nissan Armada. Again, those are just, I, I couldn't imagine. Uh, they are big. Uh, followed by the Chevy Tahoe. Followed by the Toyota Sequoia. Okay. And the Sequoia needs to be refreshed. They haven't done that one for about 10 years, but there is a brand new Tahoe and it's actually quite nice. Hmm. Uh, then by the large premium is the Cadillac Escalade, uh, followed by the Lincoln Navigator, followed by the BMW X7, which has a gigantic grill. And I do mean gigantic. So it's very popular. Uh, they have a few other segments that are um, uh, in there. A minivan uh, is the top uh, is the Kia Sedona, which I don't see that much, followed by the Honda Odyssey. Uh, even though when they do tests, uh, when they do the comparison tests of minivans, the Chrysler Pacifica always comes out on top. But I guess they didn't make it to the top of the initial quality stuff. Uh, midsize pickup truck was the Ford Ranger, followed by the Chevy Colorado and the Honda Ridgeline. Large pickup truck was the Toyota Tundra, followed by the GMC Sierra and Ford F-150. And large heavy duty was the Ford Super Duty and Chevrolet Silverado HD, or that rounds out all the various categories in the, sur in the survey. Uh, this is Todd Bianco. I'm here with John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio, and we'll be right back. Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. Uh, we were talking about the J.D. Power survey of initial quality, and one of the other surveys I'd mentioned is that the... Uh, uh, Consumer Reports had done one regarding what uh, various age groups liked, and we said that the Tesla Model S, I mean Tesla Model 3, was at the top of every list. But there's plenty of other 
there's plenty of other cards that they did. They actually surveyed 420,000 owners across four different age groups. So I thought that some of them were kind of interesting. Yes, we know that the Tesla Model 3 is the number one, but it's for millennials. And did you know that there's born from 81 to 96 is what a millennial is? Yep. Okay. And they number two, though, is there the number two card that they liked was the Subaru Ascent. Hmm. Which is the biggest Subaru? I haven't Followed, even. I don't think I've seen that model. What What does that look like? Well, it's it's like a big big Forester, basically. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a little nicer looking than that, but it's uh, it's got a three it's got three rows. It was uh, the one that was you know to take the place of the Tribeca. Yeah. It's much bigger though. I mean, it's bigger than that car. And I mean, there's actually a third row that you can fit in. I sent you a uh, note but, during the break, and I don't know if you saw it or not. But um, and, and excuse me if you mentioned this previously. But when you were talking before the break about these uh, JD Powers rankings, um, right. was the Equinox in there from Chevy? Uh, the Chevy Equinox was in one of those categories. I think it was midsize or compact SUV. Yeah, I don't really consider that thing to be a compact. I'd say maybe a midsize, but. Um, I have to say, I, I drove one of those from a rental car company and almost thought about buying one because I really liked it. Yeah, yeah it was under the compact SUV. It was the really? number third. It was uh, Hyundai Tucson was number one, Kia Sportage, which are basically you know, sister cars, uh, was number two, and then the Chevy Equinox. The Equinox is really a very popular car. I mean, they sell quite a few of them. Yeah. I mean, not just to rental fleets. They actually sell those to, you know, real-life people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. Um, so we're, let's go back to the millennials. Okay. So the Subaru Sorry about Ascent, that. Fo- followed by the Mazda CX-5, uh, which is the midsize, which is the compact size Mazda uh, SUV. Um, and then there's the Honda Accord they like, followed by the Subaru Forester, the Ford F-150 pickup truck, Honda CRV, which is of course their compact size uh, uh, cr- uh, crossover, the Honda Civic. Uh, the Honda Odyssey, uh, and then the Subaru Impreza. So hmm. there's three Subarus on that list. Uh, Generation X, which is 65 to 80. Now, are you in Generation X? Yeah, uh, 65 to 80. Um, no, I I fall into the very, very, very tail end of the boomers. My birthday was 57 years ago yesterday. Wow, well, happy birthday. Thanks. It's, 46, so it's 1946 to 1964 as boomers. Yeah, I was in 63, born in 63. It's yeah, a good year. I still beat you. <laughs> uh, that's not at this point. I'm not sure that's a good thing. Uh, uh, let's see. The Generation X, uh, like I said, 65 to 80. Um, again, number one we know is Tesla Model 3. Number two is the Tesla Model S. So I guess they're doing fairly well in buying that, followed by the Audi A5, uh, which is their, uh, basically that's the, the coupe version of the Audi A4, yeah. uh, followed by the Tesla Model X, which is the crossover version of the Model S, followed by the Volkswagen Golf, Toyota Prius, Toyota RAV4, Subaru Ascent again, uh, Jeep Wrangler, Volkswagen GTI. Hmm. So the Golf and the GTI, and the GTI is just the sporty version of the Golf. So that's Generation X. Now we're on to baby boomers, and that's you and me. Uh, Tesla Model 3, of course, at the top, followed by the Ford Expedition, 
which is a gigantic SUV, uh, followed by the Porsche 718 Boxster, which is the little two-seater wow. mid-engine Porsche. Yeah. yeah, I have a friend followed, who's got one of those. Yeah, I would love one of those too. <laughs> Put it in my garage. Uh, followed by the Tesla Model S, the big sedan, followed by the Mazda MX-5 Miata. That's your, I, th- I think the reason that's there is that's the, the midlife crisis car. Right. Uh, fo- followed by the Volvo XC40, uh, which is their compact size uh, crossover, followed by the Dodge Challenger, sounds like another midlife crisis car, followed by the Toyota Prius, uh, followed by the BMW X5. Now, the, uh, which the, is the, the, char- was it the Charger or the Challenger you said? The Challenger is Challenger. The, two, the two-door one. The Charger is the four-door version. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you say that, that may be the midlife crisis car, but I think there's probably a lot of people in, you know, like I'd say uh, people who I went to school with who I could see saying, you know, I wanted one of those back when we were in school, and it's right. back, and I... It's a sharp car. I want to. I want to have one now. It is a sharp car. I really like it. Yeah. So, I I think it's really cool. So yeah, I I, I don't see any problem with it. I like it, and of course I had a Charger and liked it very much as well. Yeah. Uh, the Challenger looks a little sharper. Uh, follow, but I think that's more of a nostalgia purchase now that they don't have kids, right? Sure, of course. Yeah, uh, followed by a very sensible Toyota Prius, and then a BMW X5. That's the one where you have the family and the you know the grandkids. I, I have guess, a lot of there. friends who bought X5s. Yes, it's a very very popular model for BMW. I mean, they sell a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, followed by a Ford Mustang. Also, I think that's a nostalgia purchase. Of course. Now that uh, that may be closer to being the uh, midlife crisis car. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Now, they have the silent generation, which is 1928 to 1945. And they shouldn't even be on the road anymore. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, there's some people that should be. Uh, again, Tesla, we know, is at the top. The Genesis G90, which is their full size, their, their biggest uh, luxury sedan, uh, followed by the Tesla Model S followed by the Toyota Prius V. Now, the V is the versatility. They don't they haven't made it for years. I don't know why it's on this list. I guess people liked it and kept it. Um, it kind of had a weird wagonish end to it, but uh, I guess people liked Maybe it. Maybe they're looking for the, them on bringatrailer.com. Yeah, well, I don't know if I've seen a Prius on Bring a Trailer. It's not exactly their brand, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, followed by a Honda Ridgeline, which is a, you know, sort of a pickup truck, followed by the Toyota Prius, just the regular Prius, Subaru Forester, uh, Hyundai Santa Fe, uh, the Mazda 6, which is their, you know, compact sedan, uh, followed by the Ford Mustang. I think that's also p- sort of a, you know, a nostalgia purchase. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk Bring a Trailer. We've got lots of picks and interesting things to talk about. Uh, this is Todd Bianco. I'm here with John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio, and we'll be right back. <laughs> 